Recording live from the Swedish American Museum in Chicago. You're listening to Small Fish Radio Theater and Thespinarium's first live show since before times. Locked in! I'm MJ Kelly, joined by... Joy Thorbjornson coates Mark Cater. Stan Winiarski. And special guest... Christina Schramm. Why am I a special guest? Because we're not sure if we're going to like you. (laughs) We're all locked in for the night. This year, since it's our 10th anniversary... We've put out a call for submissions, and we gave our writers very specific prompts. Some are objects, some are specific lines, with blanks to be filled in. Writers weren't asked to use them all, only a few. So you can see if you can guess which ones were the prompts. You can tell us after the show. But first, we have a song written and performed by our own MJ Kelly. Welcome to the House of Fear. We're locked in This cathedral in my mind Shadows surround us Chewing memories of lost time An old scratchy record plays a soulless refrain A map points to a station, there's an ancient freight train The truth is in the wall, I hear the spirits call I want you not to come here. Welcome to the house of fear. A typewriter. Taps out a broken line Misspoken words haunt us Why can't we leave the past behind? I can tell you lies, but it will cost you You know it's worth repeating I can tell you lies, but it will cost you. It's a shame the meaning is so fleeting. The truth is in the wall. I hear the spirits call. I warned you not to come here. Welcome to the house of fear. We're locked in this cathedral in my mind. I'm afraid you're stuck here with me 
Forever is a long, long So we're stuck here with you forever? Joy thought 10 years was enough. Like the man said, he could tell you lies, but it'll cost you. I'd be interested to know which lies exactly. Uh, lies about truth in the wall, like the man said. So are the lies about the truth, or that the truth is actually in the wall? Or is it in the cathedral in your mind? Any other questions? Well, yeah. Why is there so much sex in this script? Sex? Yeah, sex jiggles, sex banging, sex screaming. <laughs> no, no, no. That's SFX for sound effects. Oh, okay. This, uh, this could go on forever. Our first play of the evening, Supply Closet by Christina Meyer. Milwaukee area playwright Christina Meyer is a family med medicine physician who loves aerial arts and hanging upside down. All right, Dr. McIntyre. Everything is locked up and I'm heading home. <laughs> okay, have a good weekend. I'll see you on Monday. Ah, I need the lot number for that wrist brace that we gave Mrs. Knight so I can bill for it. <laughs> must be in the supply closet. Wrist braces, wrist braces, ah, there. Oh, what the heck? Oh, why won't this door open? You have got to be kidding me. What is wrong with this door? Hello? Is anyone out there? Can you hear me? I, I'm locked in the supply closet. Help! Can you hear me? Oh, shoot. I guess I'm the only one here again, as usual. Oh, oh, I can call security. <laughs> no, 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 no. I must have left my cell phone on my desk. I do not like small spaces. I, I don't like small spaces. I don't like small spaces. Okay, okay. Stop freaking out. Breathe, just breathe. Okay, now think. Security usually comes around in the evening, so, so you just need to stay calm and wait for them to come and let you out. You can do this. <laughs> Maybe there's something on the shelves that I can use to pry the door open. Uh, scissors. Oh, why can't these doors have normal locks? Then I could at least try to pick it. Oh. What was that? You don't even acknowledge when you hurt someone. Rude. Who said that? Me. Jeez, you're not too bright, are you? Who, who's there? Me. In the box on the floor that you rudely knocked off the shelf. Stop it! 
sorry. How would you like me to shake you like that? Seriously, did you grow up in a circus? I have truly lost it. I'm hearing voices. Lady, I don't know if you're crazy or not. Too soon to tell. But can you please let me out of this box? What the hell? Wow. Way to kick a clown when it's down. I'll have you know, I am quite fetching for a clown. But, but, but you're, 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 you're just a head, a clown head. I mean, where's your body? How, how did you get in here? I can tell you, but it will cost you. What? It's a long story, and I'm really not supposed to say. If I tell you, then it may kill you. What are you talking about? Who's going to kill me? The fairy. It doesn't like it when you tell it secrets. It also doesn't like it when you don't pay your debts. A fairy. <laughs> I can't believe I'm talking to a clown's head. I, 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 I thought fairies were, you know, pretty and friendly like Tinkerbell. Tinkerbell? <laughs> I don't know what fairies you've been hanging out with. They are definitely not pretty and far from friendly. That they've got to look better than a toothless clown head. I mean, no offense. Offense taken. I'll have you know that I was quite the ladies' clown back in my heyday. Uh, 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 Name Zeppi. I used to be pretty famous among clown circles. The marvelous Zeppi the Clown? Uh, no. Figures. So, um, how, how did you get in the box? Let's just say I had a debt that I couldn't pay, and this was my punishment. Punishment? Who was punishing you? The fairy! Jeez, lady, try and keep up. What was that? Did you hear that? Uh-oh. Someone's here! Oh, maybe it's the cleaning staff. Hey! Is someone out there? I'm in here! Help! Please help me out. I don't think that's the cleaning staff. All I want for Christmas is two front teeth, two front teeth. Hello? Nothing more precious than two front teeth. <laughs> Excuse me? Who's there? Please, help me get out of this closet. Uh, do I hear a request? No, no. Here we go again. Oh, is that you, Zeppi, I hear? I hope you've kept the terms of your contract. You wouldn't want another punishment. Oh, it would be so much fun for me. <laughs> I, I haven't said anything to her, your tooth fairiness. Good. I hope you aren't lying. You know I have my ways of finding out if you are. No lies here. I didn't tell her a thing. Ex excuse me. Uh, please, help me get out of this closet. I, 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 I can pay you when I get out. I think I hear a bargain on the table. Payment for freedom? What's, what's that sound? Oh, that's my box of treasures. And I think I'm in the market for a shiny new treasure for my collection. 
if you help me get out of here, I, I, I will give you some money and you can buy some new treasures. Now, I, I can give you the combination for the lock and then you can type it in and let me out of here, okay? <laughs> oh, oh, the treasures that I like can't be found in any store, my sweet. <laughs> um, uh, okay. Seppi, what is it talking about? I'm not saying a word. You're on your own, lady. Smart move, Zeppi. All right, Doc. Here's the deal. I will set you free if you pay me a fee. Okay. What do you want? Something pearly white and smooth. What? I, I, I don't understand. Kids lose them and adults have 32. Are you talking about teeth? Oh, ding, ding, ding. We have a winner. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I don't understand. <laughs> it's simple. The tooth fairy will set you free, and you will give it a tooth of its choosing. A tooth? It wants one of my teeth? Yes, your freedom for a tooth. Do we have a deal? Y you want me to give you one of my teeth? How am I supposed to do that? Oh, it's not that hard. I'm sure you can figure it out. Or you can stay in the closet all the weekend. The very small, cramped closets. No food or water. <laughs> I can hear your heart pulse quicken at the thought. <laughs> no. Why do I have to be claustrophobic? <sighs> What's one tooth? <laughs> I probably won't even miss it. <laughs> the clock is ticking. I don't have all night. Do we have a deal or not? Sure. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful. <laughs> and don't you try to renege on our deal. No, no, I don't. I, I, I'll give you the combination to open the door. <laughs> Silly human. As if I would need a combination to open the door. You underestimate me. It's kind of insulting. And now for my payment. <laughs> well, well, what am I supposed to do with these pliers? Extract my payment, of course. I want this pretty white one right here. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part, <laughs> tooth with a side of fear. <gasps> oh, such a beauty. <laughs> Music to my ears. All I want for Christmas is two front teeth. <laughs> <You. laughs> I had a tooth pulled once without Novocaine. Novocaine is overrated. I concur. Liar. Hey, I did it on a dare. I could pull another one out right here. Go ahead, I dare you. Oh, no, boys. Fine. No one calls me a liar. Well, MJ's already a liar, so you're even. So, I don't need to pull out my tooth? No. Chicken. Yes. Okay. No, no, no. Yes. 
Okay, here goes. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Would you like it as a souvenir? I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you after the show. Now there is a man committed to an idea. Speaking of getting locked into ideas, here is a word from our sponsor. Locked in on an idea, can't get a song out of your head. Obsessing over whether you've turned off the coffee pot? Good people, we have a solution for you. Earwig on a leash. Yes, you heard that right. Our earwig will crawl just far enough into your brain to distract you from anything you want off your mind. Extractable at any time. And bonus for distracting others who can't stop yammering. Simply slip earwig on a leash into their shoulder and voila, obsessed with those ideas returning, upgrade to our egg laying model and put the, those insomnia inducing plots to rest. For bigger brain drains like divorce, too many hours at work, financial hardship, remembering passwords, and the state of the nation, you can add our exclusive zombie wasp on a wire. It will take care of any brain cells left behind. Based on models used by government officials and reality TV producers, we can assure you zombie wasp will eat away any intelligence you have left and leave you calm and catatonic which is highly recommended in this day and age. Order yours while we still have the brains to address the envelope. Next on the plate, a midnight snack by Ken Toich. Writer, performer, and Arkansas native, Ken Toich enjoys keeping people guessing as to whether he is a clever musical comedian or simply a bad musician. Let me have a sip of that. Mm -mm. This one is mine. Come on, just a little. In here? After you. Uh. Scared? No, it's just awful dark. Scaredy cat. I'm not scared. Scaredy cat. <laughs> Make up your mind, am I a cat or a chicken? Here, chicky kitty. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, seriously, though, uh, what are we doing down here? I thought we were going to, uh, I mean, I thought we were gonna. What did you think we were gonna? I thought, you know. <laughs> you thought we were going to a bedroom? No. <laughs> well, well, or something. I, I mean, you kind of gave me the impression you liked me. I do. I like you a lot. Well, then... Why are we down here? The answer to that very good question is in the wall. In the wall? Take a look over there. Where? In the corner. <laughs> well, can we maybe turn a light on? The stairway light doesn't... Wait, wait a minute. Let me get my phone. Whoa! What the hell made that? Oh, crap! Did you see that rat? It was the size of a... Okay, I've seen enough. Hey! What are you doing? 
What do you open the door? Sorry, no can do. <laughs> okay, good joke. Uh, but, but that's enough, open up. Come on. No kidding, seriously. Hello? Um, <laughs> if this is a kidnapping, boy, you've picked the wrong guy. Nobody's gonna pay for me. <laughs> Not a kidnapping. And what the hell? Jesus, it stinks in here. So sorry. I shall give the maid a good talking to come the morrow. The smell is coming from the hole in the wall. Damn it, let me out. <sighs> I, I wouldn't make so much noise if I was you. What was that? <laughs> Not that it'll make that much difference. That hole. What's in there? How'd you explain, Dave? You ever read much H.P. Lovecraft? What? Come to think of it, I guess this situation has a little Poe in it too, doesn't it? The cask of a, a what was it? A Moretto, a Medillo. What's this about? Did I say something, do something? Look, if I was moving too fast, I'm sorry. But, but, but you know, you, you came on to me first. <laughs> yeah, and that didn't strike you as odd. I mean, how often does that happen to you? A woman like me comes up to you and asks you to go home with her? I, 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 I don't, I don't. I, In an average week, let's say. How many times? What did I do? You, you didn't do anything, Dave. This really isn't about you. Then what is it about? Let me out! I'm calling 911. Not from down here, you ain't. Oh, no signal. Oh, there's got to be another way out of here. What the? Hey! Hey! Hey, these things on the floor, they look like bones. So sorry. I shall give the maid a good talking to. Come. You did that gag already? <sighs> okay. Oh, okay, no kidding. What is that? You'll find out soon enough. It's almost midnight. I don't know how he knows that. But he always does. How, who knows that? Oh, 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 something's moving in there. Charlotte, let me out. You gotta let me out, you hear me? I hear you. Do you hear me? This isn't funny. And no, it isn't funny. You have no idea how funny it isn't. But you will. Look at this from my point of view. What? We lock him down here when he gets this way. But we have to supply him. We, we have to, to keep him under control. Because, like, what if, he, what if he got out while he was like this? You, you wouldn't want that, would you? <laughs> I wouldn't want that. <laughs> if who got out? You're, you're thinking, why me, right? I could ask the same, same thing, you know. Why me? Why is this my problem? I'd like to have a life too, maybe meet somebody for real someday, but, but how likely is that? So don't even ask why you, why me? I don't know, that's just no why. Come on, Charlotte! It's not my fault! Do you think I like doing this? Do you think I like paying Renfield to that, to that? All right, all right, all right, listen, listen. Let, let, let's start over. Th things got a little out of hand, but, but, but let's start over. Uh, we got together, had a few laughs, and, and had a few drinks, maybe, maybe a few too many. Uh. But so, so maybe, maybe, you're, maybe you're not thinking clearly, but hey, that's okay. Just horsing around, no harm done. Yet. 
Now, though, though, now it's, time, it's time to stop it. You've, got, you've made your point. Well, whatever it is. So now let's just call it a night. Let me out, and I'll, I'll be on my way. No hard feelings. No, you say that now, but wait. Seriously, seriously. You have to open the door. You need to open the door right now. Because it's dark in here, and my phone battery's giving out, and it's something moving in that hole over there, and it's too big to be a rat. Oh, my God, open the door! That's my cue. I, I can't take this part. I, I'm sorry, really. I no! No! No, get away! Get away from me! Ah! Oh! All done. Oh. oh, you scared me. Any problems? Oh, no. All peachy keen. Hunky-dory. You are drinking far too much these days, Charlotte. Yeah, well, you tried doing this sober. It will begin to affect your judgment. Your father... I know what happened to father. I'll go down and see to our Wendell. Our Wendell. I'm done. This is the last one. <laughs> Don't be ridiculous. Sweetheart, yoo-hoo. Yes, mother. Feeling better, darling. Much better, mother. He didn't hurt you, did he? No. <laughs> Fine. Let's go along now and get you cleaned up. You look a fright. Yes, mother. You must be sure and thank your sister. She needs to know you appreciate her. But later, she's in a bit of a snit right now. She's always in a snit. Be nice. All right. Mother? Yes? I'm still hungry. Oh, my goodness. Well, you are a growing boy. But not right now, darling. You can wait until, you know... Oh, I'm hungry now. Well, all right. Don't become agitated. If we must, we must. I suppose sister will simply have to... No, she won't! Charlotte, what? Charlotte! What do you think you're doing? Two guesses and the first three don't count. Charlotte! You open this door this instant, young lady. Mother? I told you. I told you that was my last one. Charlotte! Charlotte! Mother! Come back! Do you hear me? Mother! What? I'm still hungry. Who gives new meaning to fast food? So wait, who's, who's taking care of Wendell? Maybe that's who locked us in at the beginning of the show. You all didn't tell me that there was a risk of being harmed when I signed on. You'll have to take that up with Wendell. <laughs> MJ, do you yeah. remember our first monster in a basement? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was you, so many years ago. Many, many years ago, yes. He was... And that was followed by witches and goblins and, 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 and of course, your favorite, the dolls, no, dolls in the basement. Not, no, no, they're not There my were favorite. dolls no, in the kitchen. No, there were dolls no. in every oh, single oh, please, room. Please. He loves dolls. My head is swimming. I do not like dolls. Yes, you, you you're do. You're scaring me. You do. His favorite song is Dolls to the Left of Me. Don't 
Okay, yeah. Next, we head out to the shore with The Moon Cusser by Greg Tolonen. Greg Tolonen, who lives in Auburn, Maine, writes novels and films, short stories and comic books, web series and stage plays, and an occasional audio horror story. Welcome to Out There with Cricket Van Hubble, where we investigate the mysterious, the unexplained, and the uncanny. We have a great show tonight. Ghost hunter Robin Shields is joining us live from Ragged Isle, and she'll be exploring the infamous Island Lighthouse, which has had confirmed sightings of spectral forms, orbs, and other ghostly appearances. Robin, can you hear me? Oh, I can hear you, Cricket. I'm standing at the base of the lighthouse waiting for caretaker Leo Burgess, who seems to be running quite late this evening. Any chance he's inside already? There was no answer when I knocked, but I can try again. That's odd. I could swear this door was locked before. Hello? Up here, missy. Oh, someone is here. Robin, can you describe what you're seeing? This is a stone lighthouse built in 1846, according to a brass plaque here at the base of a spiral staircase, which I am now climbing. There are lights affixed to the walls every dozen steps or so, which is fortunate because there's no railing. And in the darkness, the steps might actually be a bit treacherous. Ooh, almost to the top. Uh, careful there, Missy. Those stairs are pretty uneven. Hello. I'm Robin Shields. You must be Mr. Burgess? Oh, sorry if I didn't hear you knocking. I was just writing a letter. What was that? Oh, the wind slamming the door shut. Uh, you must have left it open when you came in. <laughs> it's awfully chilly. Oh, it's the wind that blows something fierce through the cracks in the stones. I keep a thermos of hot cocoa, uh, which you're welcome to, uh, or something a little stronger. Coco would be fine. Thank you. Ooh, that's bitter. I like to taste the chocolate, not the sugar. It's uh, unusual. Robin, can you ask if he's ever had a spectral encounter? Yes, I was just about to do that. Cricket? Uh, who are you talking to? Oh, I'm sorry. It's the host, Cricket Van Hubble. She's wired into my earpiece, see? Isn't that the damnedest thing I ever saw? Cricket wants to know if you've ever seen a ghost in this lighthouse. I can't say as I have. But surely you've heard stories. Well, yeah, I heard plenty of stories. Tell him we're particularly interested in any ghost stories. Any ghost stories you can share, or creepy stories in general? Well, uh, there's the story of the moon cusser. 
Mooncusser? A uh, Mooncusser is the lowest sort of pirate. Thrives on darkness and curses the moon for any light it sheds. Darkness is their weapon. Darkness is their weapon? Yeah, darkness is their weapon. A moon cusses a pirate, you see, but too low down to have a ship of his own. So he carries out all his dirty doings on land. On dark, moonless nights like this one, actually, your moon cusser will smother a lighthouse light and set up decoy fires to lure ships to their doom. Then he'll board those ships all smashed up on the rocks and take whatever he can. Oh, so did any of these moon cussers ever target this lighthouse? Yeah, the worst of the worst. Bartholomew Crockett. Nasty little man, as evil as they come. Back then, the lighthouse keeper was a man named Milton Tolliver. Crockett broke in and held a knife to Tolliver's brand new bride, told him to turn off the light so he could crash an incoming ship, or else he'd cut the poor woman's throat. But Tolliver wouldn't do it. He considered his keeper job a sort of a sacred duty, don't you know? Oh, did this moon cusser kill Tolliver's wife? Oh, that's when the story takes kind of a dark turn. Now it takes a dark turn? Tolliver went crazy, rushed at Crockett, pushed him down those stairs, but Crockett still had hold of Tolliver's wife, so she tumbled down those stairs right along with him, killed them both. Oh, no! After that, Tolliver went a little crazy, they say, wrote a love letter to his wife every night on this very typewriter. Then he'd tear the letter in two, keep one half, and throw the other half into the sea. I've got a whole bunch of those half love letters in the box if you want to see them. Saddest thing you ever saw. Take some pictures of those letters, Robin. We'll post them on our website. Well, a tragedy like that can certainly be a precursor to restless spirit activity. Are you saying the ghost of Milton Tolliver still haunts this place? Oh, that's not for me to say. Robin, I'm sorry to interrupt, but our producer is telling me we've got an urgent phone call coming in. I've got to ask you to stand by. Roger that, Cricket. Standing by. On the line with me is Deputy Dan Farian of the Knox County Sheriff's Department, who says he has some crucial information to impart. Deputy, you're on the air. Excuse me? This is Out There with Cricket Van Hubble, and you're live. Take me off the air right now. I'm afraid I can't do that, Deputy. We're live. Anything you have to say to me will be part of the story we're reporting. Listen to me. Do you have a reporter interviewing Ragged Island Lighthouse caretaker Leo Burgess? Yes, we do. Our own Robin Shields is in the field with him now. Can they hear what you and I are saying to each other? No, I cut the feed when I took this call. What's going on? Leo Burgess was found murdered in his car earlier this evening, stabbed to death with a pair of scissors. What? But, but Robin's talking to Leo Burgess right now. She's not. Oh, no. So that means Robin is talking to... Yes, ma'am, I'm afraid so. The ghost of Milton Tolliver. What? No. I need you to focus, Cricket. This is real life. What are you saying, Deputy Therian? I'm saying there's a serial killer on the loose. 
We've been tracking him for weeks. He drugs his victims to make sure they're placid, kills them with scissors, then starts looking for his next victim. Your reporter is in grave danger. You need to tell her to get away from him as quickly as possible. I'll be at the lighthouse in two minutes. I'll stay on the line with you until I get there. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, Robin, listen very carefully. Do you understand? I don't feel very good. Oh, that's probably the massive dose of diazepam I put in your cocoa. Robin, get out of there. I have to don't fight it. Robin, are you there? I, I can hear you now. Who are you? What have you done with Robin? I can tell you what happened to Robin, but it will cost you. Am I really on the radio? <laughs> this is so exciting. Keep him talking, Cricket. Keep him on the line. I'm almost there. Tell me who you are. I'm the caretaker. You're not the caretaker. You killed the caretaker. If I killed the caretaker like you say, doesn't that make me the new caretaker? What? No. Who are you? Oh, I was hitchhiking a little earlier, don't you know? And the caretaker of yours picked me up. Talked my ear off about the lighthouse and the show we were doing here tonight. I decided that maybe I could have some fun with it. What do you think? Are we having fun? Hang on, hang on. I think there's someone at the door. Doesn't sound like he can get in, though. I guess the door really did jam. This is Deputy Dan Therian. Open up. <laughs> Maybe I should go let the deputy in. What do you think, Cricket? The more the merrier? You can't get away. Just give up. Oh, I don't think so. I've got my lucky pair of scissors with me. I thought I might introduce them to the deputy's eye socket. Open up. Open this door right now. I'm coming. I'm coming. <laughs> this guy sure is in a hurry to get himself killed. Who turned out the lights? I did. You? You're supposed to be asleep. Turn on the lights right now. I can't see anything. Come on, turn them on right now. I don't think so. Open up, open up. I, I can't see anything. I can't. I'm in. Deputy, deputy, are you there? Lights, I need light in here. Huh? Deputy, deputy, please tell me what's happening. Cricket, are you there? What's going on? There's a man lying dead at the base of the stairs with a broken neck. Oh, that's the killer. Is that Robin? Is she okay? Tell Cricket, tell her I'm the moon cusser. Darkness is my weapon. Uh, Cricket? Robin says to tell you she's the moon cusser. <laughs> right. Okay, then. Uh, thank you, Deputy Therian. Okay. This has been uh, Out There with Cricket Van Hubble. Thank you for listening. 
we'll see you next time. she wake up from the diazepam? She probably built up a tolerance to it. You know, like in the movie where the guy drinks Iocane powder so he'll survive being poisoned, and it pans out. He doesn't get poisoned. I am the moon cusser. You drugged my reporter. Prepare to die. A little diazepam does go a long way sometimes. I prefer a nice fireball to achieve a state of mellow. Malort. I am the moon cusser. You drugged my reporter. Prepare to die. Wodka. Tequila. Something harsh in your mellow, raining on your parade, trapping you in a stress-filled vacuum of despair. Never fear. Whether it be a boring relationship, badly conceived streaming television, or a dead-end job. Voodoo remote! We'll come to the rescue. Constructed entirely of radioactive chicken bones. Voodoo remote! Inflicts a mildly stabbing pain into the source of your misery at the press of a button. Works on in-laws, partners, bosses, loud chewers, mouth breathers, and that guy on the L having a private phone conversation in public. Voodoo remote! Does the dirty work of telling someone to shut the heck up for you. Returning you to a state of calm and tranquility with no bleeding chickens on the doorstep. The stress will cease, and no one will be the wiser. Runs on oxtails, eye of newt, and the fingernails of Genghis Khan. Comes with organically grown sage stick for smoking those vibes out the door. Voodoo remote! When you have something nasty to say, but don't want anyone to hear you. Hanging today, hanging and beheading, buy one, get one. Hanging and beheading today, one shilling. Put your name in the pot and win a chance to swing the axe. The Henchman's Tale by Jeffrey Josser. There was a henchman out of Leeds who was having trouble with his knees. On top of that, the heads he would sever sent him into fits of fever. In truth, he truly preferred a hanging, but crowds were small and preferred the clanging of his axe ringing through the air. So he began to despair. You see, he did not have it in him, but since the henchman had no union, the king, having the desire to cut off his head for quitting his chopping, so the henchman had to resort to stopping by holding a lottery so the audience could participate in swinging the wood. 
this week's winner, a young lad from the Isle of Wight, who did not possess the best eyesight. When the axe he did swing, he took off the foot of the king. And the audience cheered. And the henchman was revered, and they crowned him king and began to sing. As king, the henchman outlawed beheadings and promoted fun things like sledding. In place of the hangings, they decided on weddings. And the henchman was pleased with a lack of bloodletting. heard when a head is severed from a body, it still processes thoughts for about 118 seconds. But Zebby the Clown is still talking. Beheaded and with missing teeth to boot. Maybe it's longer than 118 seconds. The Headless Horseman. He went for quite a while without his head. He had to be thinking something. <laughs> Medusa. Oh, that was a stone-cold death. Are we ready for the next play? They called in a specialist for Anne Boleyn because apparently she had a, a little neck and they didn't want things to get too gruesome since rarely were henchmen able to take care of things in one swing. All right, uh, moving on. Now we head to the country for some fresh air and pastoral peaches with Peachy Keen by Sofia Witkowitzki. Sophia Witkowitzki is a popular Toronto hermit who chooses to remain a riddle wrapped in a mystery inside an enigma covered in creamy milk chocolate, which is what can happen when you eat a Hershey bar too close to the radiator. Deeply shadowed orchards dot the darkening landscape where old stone farmhouses lie few and far between. Invisible creatures stir and tremble in the tall grasses as a drifting blanket of low gray clouds play hide and seek with the rising moon. The whispering breeze, as warm as an exhalation, sighs through the peach trees. But it is not only that which is causing their glossy leaves to quiver, Two foolish boys have snuck into the farm, intent on proving that forbidden fruit is the sweetest. But soon, they may find themselves out on a limb. Man, mm, these are amazing peaches. I can't believe it. Quiet. Geez, you want to wake up old lady Perkins? She'll come out with her buckshot rifle. Jimmy says she's got one. She's so old, she couldn't lift a squirt gun. Shut up, man. Why, she's tucked in like all the other hundred-year-olds. And the house is like what, 50 yards away? Relax, bro. Bite me. Jimmy says he always feels watched when he's anywhere near her place. I know what he means. Ah, screw that. Jimmy's just a paranoid meth head. Get out, get out. Let's go, man. It's getting dark. Chill out, man. No wonder they call you Frady Brady. Here. Start filling these bags. Pick the biggest ones. Who is there? Is somebody out there? 
Uh-oh. Oh, Todd, Brady. Oh, how nice of you to drop by. Isn't it a lovely evening? Uh, 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 hello, Mrs. Perkins. Uh, yes, it's uh, lovely. I always think the wind is whispering secrets we don't understand, don't you? Um, that's what my dear Jasper would say. He was such a poetic soul. Yes, ma'am. I hope you helped yourself to some peaches. I couldn't possibly eat them all myself. I've been canning them for weeks now and making pies, too. Uh, yeah, uh, we had a few. Thanks. Yeah, uh, thank you, Mrs. Perkins. No, I don't mind, boys. Don't worry. Now, my Jasper, he planted this orchard, you know. He wasn't happy when boys snuck around taking peaches. It upset him mightily, and he always made his displeasure quite clear. But I would say, Jasper, my dear, they're only boys, and who can blame them for being tempted? <laughs> yeah, I guess we were tempted. Yes, of course you were. Jasper spent so much time here in this orchard. I used to tease him so. Oh, why, Jasper Perkins, I would say. I do believe you're guarding these peach trees like a funny old scarecrow. Oh, well, they're um, very nice trees. Get out, get out. What was that? What was what, dear? Nothing, I guess. Sorry. <laughs> you boys chose just the right time to visit. <laughs> I could use a little help moving some things in the house. Uh, sure, no problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes, ma'am. Sure. Get out. Get out. Shut up, Todd. I didn't say anything, you bonehead. Um, your, your house is very, uh, interesting, Mrs. Perkins. It's so cool in here, too. <laughs> Aren't you boys charming? <laughs> it's just how my dear Jasper liked it, so I haven't changed a thing. It's cool because the walls are so thick. Isn't it pleasant? Uh, yes, ma'am, it's very pleasant. Oh! Why don't I put on some music? You young people like music, I believe. Get out. Get out. This was one of Jasper's favorites. <laughs> well, let's get to work. Who's saying that is giving me the creeps? It's just a scratchy old record. I've got a dozen jars of peaches that need to go into the root cellar. Why don't you carry those down, and then we can have some pie? Yeah, sure. Where to, Mrs. Perkins? Down these stairs. Now, where did I put that key? Oh, oh here it is. <laughs> Heavens. I don't know why I keep it locked. <laughs> Habit, I guess. <laughs> the light's a little low. I, I should really replace that dusty old bulb with something brighter. It's kind of chilly in here, isn't it? 
Yes. Well, it's underground. Cold as the grave, they say. <laughs> yeah, I guess. What's with the dirt floor? This is a very old house, Brady. That's how root cellars were in those days. Oh, be careful, dear. There may be tree roots and you don't want to trip. Uh, okay. Uh, sure. Wow. You do a lot of canning. Oh, yes. I like to put up uh, as many peaches every year as I can. And, and my dear Jasper, oh, he loved peaches, so it reminds me of him. What's all this other stuff? Things we've collected over the years. Well, where should these go? Exactly over there. Now, I don't want you boys moving anything else around. All these mementos are just how Jasper left them. I'm, I'm going to, to go up and make us some tea and set the table in the parlor. It's not often that I have guests. Jeez, it's dark in here. Get out, get out. Stop it, man. Just stop, freaking stop it. Uh, what are you talking about, doofus? Stop what? Trying to scare me, you jerk. Stop. I'm not doing anything. You're just imagining stuff. Chill out, man. This is just a stinky old cellar. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. I... How old do you think this place is, anyway? A mm, couple hundred years. Look at all the crap, man. Hey, what if there's some treasure stuff here that she doesn't know about? Oh, let's look around. Uh, peaches. Uh, uh, peaches, peaches, I have some more peaches. Hey, there's some boxes behind these jars. Grab one. Yeah, okay. Oh, dusty, oh, gross, yuck, oh, here. Uh, cool carving. Maybe the box is worth something. Could be full of jewelry or coins. What are these? I need more light. Here, hold up my phone so I can see. Holy crap! It's freaking teeth! A whole freaking box of freaking teeth! What the freaking hell? Crap, crap, man! I knew this place was weird. Who keeps teeth? Was Mrs. Perkins a dentist or something? Are they rotten? Uh, I'm not gonna check these out for freaking cavities, man. Yeah, okay, okay. Just let's just let's just put these stupid peaches anywhere and get out of here. Yeah, yeah. But we'd better gather up the teeth and stick them back in the box for first. No way, man. I'm not touching those. You can't leave it like this. She'll know we were snooping. Yeah, okay. Oh, well, this is nasty. <laughs> oh, it's gross. Oh, hey, there's a tree root, like she said. So, use the phone and check and see if there's any more teeth in the corners. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, I think we got them. Oh, holy crap, man, this root. I don't think it's a root. What are you talking about? I think it's a bone, man, a leg bone. Oh, crap, I think you're right. What the hell? It's locked. Mrs. Perkins, Mrs. Perkins, we're locked in here. Get out, get out. Stop it, Ted. Todd, 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 just stop it. You gotta stop trying to freak me out. Well, stop what? Can't you hear it? Can't you hear the whispering? Oh, my, oh, my, oh, oh, my tooth. Oh, it feels weird. Oh, I think I got a cavity or something. Oh, it's jiggly. Oh, it's loose, crap. Oh, it fell out. Help me find it. I'm not going to go looking for your freaking tooth. It's not like any dentist is going to shove it back in. Try the door again. Mr. Perkins, we're finished. You locked the door. Can you please, 
oh crap, now another one's coming loose. What's going on? Oh, the teeth, there's just a bunch of them. What the hell? Oh, Jesus. Oh. Mine too. Uh, they're all loose. Uh, and for figure out what the hell's that? What's the hell going on? My teeth. My teeth. Oh, I warned you not to touch those peaches. I told you to get out. What? Who said that? I warned you not to eat my peaches. I told you to get out. <laughs> Ready for some pie, boys? <laughs> oh, dear. I think I locked them in. <laughs> now, where's my key? Oh, my word. Jasper, my dear, you were only boys. And who can blame them for being tempted? I'm going to go on the record right now as saying I do not want to pull out another tooth. Someone else can take a turn. Uh, that won't be necessary, Mark. I'm just glad I don't have a basement. Wonder what was down there. What kind of bones? Who here has a clean basement? Anybody? No, Nobody. Speaking of basements, here is The Horde by Chicago playwright Trina Kakasik, who's been known to talk to dead ancestors and their toys almost daily. It started about a week after she bought the old building in the first floor apartment, the unoccupied one downstairs. Small things, a book falling off a shelf, a dish jumping out of the dishwasher, the silverware drawer rearranged. I need to get a tenant settled in here. The toilets spontaneously flushing at night, next on the long list of repairs to make it ready to be occupied. The previous night, in her upstairs apartment, she could have sworn someone drifted through the hallway and then flittered next to her as she dozed on the couch. A little shimmer of light with legs, maybe, and a head. And she hadn't had any wine. The cat bolted to a closet and hadn't come out since. She had gotten a great deal on the old building as part of an estate being sold by the last remaining great-great-grandchild of the original owners, who was happy to be rid of the old monster with its left-behind boxes, locked doors, lost keys, headless griffins and gargoyles above the entrance. Six generations of the family had lived and died here. It was the last building on the block that had not been rehabbed, built in 1912, and the only backyard with a patch of grass. Every rat in the neighborhood had burrowed under the ancient garage. Not even a contractor would take it on, but she, well, she fell in love with the old mess. From the giant deer head hanging in the front hall to the bramble-covered garage that she had yet to open. 
Walking distance from Wrigley Field, she intended to give it a little facelift and open the empty apartment up for business. If only she could find the key to the locked bedroom door and to the locked storage room in that damp, windowless basement. After a week of painting and cleaning the apartment, she came upon a ring of skeleton keys tucked inside a coffee mug that was shaped like the head of the Lone Ranger. <laughs> At last, that locked bedroom door finally creaked open. She felt a coldness come upon her and could have sworn she heard a whisper. Out, 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 please. She shook it off as she had been doing all along. After all, nothing had harmed her, right? The room was filled with boxes, precariously stacked to the ceiling. With some trepidation, she opened a box labeled... Marshall Fields. <laughs> Dolls and doll parts exploded out as though the doll heads and legs and arms, trapped naked for decades, combusted from exposure. Out, 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 out. She bolted from the room and locked the door behind her. That night, she could have sworn she heard dolls scratching at the ceiling below her, picturing them in their loose limbs climbing the stacks of boxes to reach her. Ugh, dolls. I can, I can handle rats, but dolls? No, thank you. This is a, a job for 1-800-GOT-JUNK. She slept and dreamt of dolls staring at her from the side of the bed. Were they? I have to get a tenant in there soon. The next morning, after the junk people had cleared the room of the dolls and a giant box of clown heads for making stuffed clowns, she opened the window to let in some air, and it promptly slammed shut. She propped it open with a book, and as she did, a gust of wind brought a thunderstorm crashing through the window, and rain fell in torrents. As the tornado siren sounded, the window slammed shut again. Out, 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 out! Despite the room being empty, she locked the door behind her, fearing she had opened some kind of portal, and ran to the basement landing in time to see water pouring like a waterfall out of a crack in the stairs, filling the laundry room. As lightning hit the building, the electricity went out. She knew there was a flashlight on the wash machine. If she could find it, she would have some light while she waited out the storm. She opened the back door to see how much water had filled the yard, and water poured in along with countless rats. She pushed the door shut, splashed down the stairs, scrambled through rising water and swimming rats. Out, out, out! You were getting closer. Come closer, closer. She grabbed the flashlight. She tried a skeleton key in the storage room door. The door opened. Rats swirling all around her. She forced it shut. I'm here. Find me. Find me. Take me out. Who are you? She passed the flashlight over the walls, 
to find she was surrounded by a horde. Oh. Dolls, clowns, souvenir figurines, and hundreds of beanie babies standing at attention. They all seemed to look at her expectantly. Water trickled over the foundation wall in the room, and then the trickle became a stream, and the horde chittered in panic. As the water rose, she realized there was no drain on the floor of the storage room and the bottom of the door had a rubber seal to keep the water out as well as in. Okay, I'm ready to get out now. I'll, I'll take my chances with the rats. Thank you. She tried to open the door, but it was locked. The water was rising quickly, and then... I am here. Find me and take me out. Take me out. Out. She scanned the room with the flashlight again. Dolls, clowns, and an old typewriter that was typing. No paper, just typing. Take me out to the... They promised they would. I, I, I don't understand. Ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies. The water was up to her waist at this point and coming over the foundation wall in a torrent. The toys in the room were nervous. The Santa laughed hysterically. Perched high on a shelf, a cubby bear cookie jar fell on her head. Oh. Ashes, ashes. She opened the lid, and inside... Ashes, ashes. Water now up to her neck. I, I, I have to get out. I'll take you with me. She grabbed the cookie jar. The door apparently locked from both sides. She felt under the water for the keyhole and opened the door. Water and rats fell away as the storage room emptied. The cookie jar urn dropped into the water, crashed into the wall, and broke into pieces. Ashes, ashes, we all fall down. We all fall down. The next morning, as she surveyed the neighborhood, there was no evidence of the storm that had flooded her apartment the night before. Her basement, still filled with an inch of water, live rats and floating dolls, clowns and beanie babies, at least had electricity. A large crack had formed along one wall and slowly, earthworms and centipedes crept in. She could not call the city. This building was all she had left. She had spent her savings. She had nowhere to go, and they would surely condemn it. Lead pipes, cloth wiring, rats, spirits, and all. Ring around the rosy ashes, ashes. Determined to get even a speck of ash wherever it belonged, she had gone through the list of possible places in her mind while trying to coax the cat from out from under the bed for dinner. She had settled on take me out to the ball game and decided to take a mason jar of water, hopefully containing some speck of ash, down to Wrigley Field to break the spell the horde of memorabilia seemed to have on her home. 
Sloshing through the water in her rain boots, she told the spirit as much. The Santa laughed. Ring around the rosy! Ring, ring around the rosy, pocket full of posies. Ring around the rosy, pocket, pocket, pocket full of posies. Roses? Water the roses? Roses! Roses! She ran to the yard, rats following, poured the water on the roses, and almost instantly, a bloom opened. She switched to buckets, pouring them all over the garden, roses blooming more quickly than she could count. The water in the basement receded. The rats scattered back to their burrows under the garage. The crack in the wall sealed the centipedes and earthworms retreating. The toys lined themselves neatly in the storeroom and the garage door opened. Inside, box upon box stacked to the ceiling with a path through the center. Dolls, action figures, hummels, books, Norman Rockwell, watches, records, ooh, jewelry, buttons, pencils, photos, Broken pens, plastic canvas, Vegas key rings, cookie jars. And from the cookie jars, in a sort of chorus, the generations whispered. One hundred years later, the building still stands, the last three flat in the neighborhood. In fact, the last building in the city. After an unruly finger pushed the red button years before, most everything was obliterated, save the hoard and its three-flat mausoleum. The giant deer head in the hall standing guard, eyes darting left to right, while the horde created the next civilization. Even the garage, now a time capsule, stood standing, densely populated rat tunnels below and roses growing above. This place sounds awfully familiar. Sounds like our rehearsal space. Don't you live there, MJ? <laughs> Not for long. No, no, it's a little visit from a spirit now and then. As long as you get the sage going for the evil ones, you'll be good. Just be sure to open the window after you burn it. <laughs> when I did my Swedish death cleaning, well, Okay, well, maybe not so much cleaning as pre-death organizing. I found it to be so freeing. That's not what your daughter said. Well, time for earwig on a leash. Uh, so where's Wendell? Well, he just texted. He's uh, waiting across the street to join us for a drink. And he's hungry. I think that's about all the time we have for this round of Small Fish Radio Theater Live for the first time since before times. I gotta go home and pack. Uh, so the cookie jars don't get you? Today's show featured the writing of Ken Teutsch, Greg Talonin, Christine Myers, Sophia Vitkovitsky, Trina Kakasik, and MJ Kelly. Also featuring the talents of Mark Cater, Stan Winiarski, Christina Schramm, MJ Kelly. 
Enjoy Threbjörnsen Coats and you, our audience. Directing and sound design by Trina Kakasics. Ballfish Radio Theater is produced by Michael John Kelly and Trina Kakasic. We hope you all have a safe Halloween. Watch for our 10th anniversary Horror Week, where we will post one of our favorite horror recordings from the archive each day leading up to this final installment tonight's show, featuring all of you. And also, look for our 10th anniversary holiday special in December. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.